Yeah, like it's hard. Yeah. Mine's fleshy. I have a fleshy mound. So can you work out the meat mound to make it? So how would you, like Kegels don't exercise. Like I'm trying to squeeze right now. It's not about Kegels. Kegels are what inside. Okay, so then how do you fucking tighten your meat mound? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Lainey Louie, talk show host and entertainment reporter. I'm also the editor of LaineyGossip.com and oh I am a BTS Yeah, fan. you are. I'm Sasha Tong. I am a producer at an entertainment show here in Canada. I'm also a fashion and beauty columnist on LaineyGossip.com. And, and I am not a big BTS fan. But this is What's Your Drama, where we gossip about you. episode of the season and I think you Sash owe people an update on your titties my titties are good times got my mammo results back and that was good um so thank god for that but also the mammogram yeah okay I think I I think I built that up nope I feel like I built that up a little bit too much um didn't barely even feel it except for like when they squish your side tit in um but I will say it was like felt like a bit of a spa because the way that they handle at least my woman technician <laughs> how she what? handled my breasts have you ever seen someone um when they put pizza dough and they kind of like sh- yeah. move their hands around that's what she yes, was doing yes. and it was it was like kind of the like best touch to I've had in 15 going? months yeah and like she like treated my boobs <laughs> like dough and then she shoves them into the press but I found like it was it was nothing. I was actually embarrassed afterwards thinking like I had built it up in my head. Um, so thank you for everybody who people DM'd me, people wrote emails. Um, people were actually pretty uh, shared some pretty personal stories about their cancer history with you and I, um, mm-hmm. which gave me another slap in the face of being like, shut up, you stupid bitch. However much it hurts, go through it. Um, and so if anybody is like you, Lainey, you have no worries. You'll be totally fine. Even though I know you probably have theories about why it didn't hurt my tit. (laughs) No, I'm not going to. No, I actually don't. I I thought that it would hurt more for you. Yes, because you thought that my small tits would have be problematic in the press, but they weren't. So hooray for small chested women. When it's my time, like I, you know, I think in where we live, it's what, 50? Mm Mm-hmm. Then I will go in with the same confidence and yes. attitude that you did because, yes, um, breast health is important. So, yeah. And you should give yourself a dough breast massage constantly. Well, I, I feel am like constantly fondling myself. I, I am not. I too much. You do. You always say that. I don't do that. But I, I feel like once a year, I'll get felt up in a really beautiful way by my pizza maker <laughs> slash. Mammogram technician. But this is something I want to talk about before we get into our drama for today is, okay, it's summer. I mean, unfortunately, it's been raining in Toronto for a long time. But how are you feeling about the bottom bikini trend? And let me be specific. You know, the ones that are super high. And so it exposes like the vagina skin meat, like the top. Have you seen that? Where it's so so narrow, like so narrow up. Mm -hmm. Are you going to do that? Is that the trend that you are going to do? I, funny you ask this because I, you know, we've talked about denim shorts, right? You love to talk about denim shorts. <laughs> I do. And I just got a new pair from Zara. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who shop at Zara are like 15. You're 15, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15-year-old bodies. And 15-year-olds, at least the ones in my neighborhood, are basically wearing jean shorts as bikini bottoms. Like, yes. that's how teeny tiny. So I sized up, and 
I, so at the back, they're actually cut lower. So I wasn't worried about like ass labia showing, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I said to Yasik, I was like, can you just look at how high cut these are? How and high cut are your denim shorts? <laughs> Th- that would be a concern. They're not obscene. I will say they're not obscene, but they're higher than I, because I wear my denim shorts pretty baggy. You've seen, right? Yes. They're pretty baggy. They're pretty loose. And so I don't think I would walk down the street, like, I don't think I would walk down the street scandalizing anyone because I think we're all almost numb to how short shorts are getting. How short short is your short that you're worried? He he told me that they were pretty short. And then I sat down. I was like, fuck, am I like, is my labia squeezing out? So to go back to your bikini bottom question, no, that is not the cut I like. But I, what I've realized is there's like, I use the term fattier. I don't mean like actual fat cunt, but there is, <laughs> there is some people don't have like a meat in that area. Like it's like flat and bony. Yeah. But I think I have like extra padding there that that look does not work. I wish it did. I just don't, I guess, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know how yes. to express it, but like, just look on you- I just yeah. sent you a swimsuit that okay, I let's see. want to buy. Yeah, and but higher than that and more narrow than that. More yeah, narrow know, of a cut. I know what you're talking about. It's like Borat for men, for women. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And the picture you just sent me, she has muscle. And that's what I've realized. Are those muscles that you can work there to make them less um, what, what meaty? Muscles? But the front. Like tighten? The front. Yeah, like the front is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your like under girth. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, the f- I know. Because I have I have like a fat muscular? Mount. Okay. No, I have like a, fat a mound. Like a meaty yes. mound. A meaty mound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there it is, right? And then there's some people who have a muscular mound. Yeah, like it's hard. Yeah. Mine's fleshy. I have a fleshy mound. So can you work out? the meat mound to make it so how would you like kegels don't exercise like i'm trying to squeeze right now it's not about kegels kegels are what inside okay so then how do you fucking tighten your meat mound that's what where that's all i'm leaving it with that's that's i don't know i don't have the answer nor do you but this is you have a whole <laughs> listeners you have a whole summer long to send hey, us tips on the meat mound please work on your mound if you think you can tighten Well, no, mound. we don't want to shame meat mounds. No, it's just, I have a meaty mound. So I I'm have a meaty mound shaming, too. I'm not fucking shaming myself. I'm just saying, can you tight, do we like whatever? But isn't a meaty mound sexy? Listen, it's not sexy or not sexy. It just, I don't. And some people anyway, wear those high cut bikinis. Mound. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know you, if you can. Yes. Can you make your mound muscular? Yes. Um. And That's how we will you, leave this last podcast. No, 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 but, that but is an important you, question. If you can and you did, can we see before and afters? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah. Anyway, um, before we get into our questions, can you do you like this swimsuit that I just sent you? Oh, I didn't really actually pay attention. I was more Thank concentrated you. on our meat mound. Hold on, stop. Uh yes, that's great. Tell me it's not why do you always buy? Like, why are you on sites like that for bathing suits? I would just like everyone to know. Well, where would I go? I don't know. I wanted like, a gold more pedest- suit. I know, but you, how much is that? And and no, and I don't want you to be shy. I want you to tell me how much that fucking bathing suit is on air. 200. Okay, that's not bad. The last one you sent me Thank was? You. Well, the last one I sent you was at, like a, a wish list. How much? I didn't- well, no, I had to, no was, I had to talk was, you out it, of it. Right, but it was, yeah, it was like this crazy designer label, and I really like the color. I'm, I've been looking for an either orange or gold one-piece swimsuit. Yes. It's hard to find. The gold this one's the great. Only, the gold one's great. Okay, yeah. thank you. Well, I worry about your meat mound, though, so. Oops. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, our last episode. Let's get to the questions, okay? <clears throat> yeah. First question. Hi, Lainey and Sasha. I'll dive right in. Two months ago, I caught my boss saying some very off-colored things about black people. We have worked together for a long time and over the years have become close. This year has shown a lot of true colors. And after he saw my face, after he said those incredibly insensitive things, he begged me not to tell anyone. Begged. 
I conceded and told him I wouldn't say anything if he did the work. Read books. Uh, donate to BLM. He did all those things, but I can't help to think if he just went through the actions to save his ass or if it was genuine. Either way, I'm left here two months later feeling gross. What should I do? Do I need to quit? Do I need to go to HR? Or do I just keep trusting that he will do the work? Help. Please keep me anonymous. You can make up a name for me. Okay. Um, what's this person's name? You want me to give them a name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that this person's name is Evan. Evan. Okay. Okay. So uh. Evan's boss said some gross racist shit. I wish Evan would have given us, as per usual, a little bit more backstory about what the boss's character is like um, a little bit more. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that would bypass what the boss had said, but it would just round out more of a story for me to understand. Like, yeah. Like, does the boss have a history of not promoting people of color? Correct. Marginalizing them. All of that. Yeah. Right. Is he a Although, piece of shit typically? Yeah. Although I would like, you know, Evan said that that um, they and the boss became pretty close. Yeah. So I feel like Evan would have, if Evan had observed that the boss was suppressing the career opportunities of people of color, BIPOC, or doing all of that shit, that Evan would have had, like, wouldn't have been surprised by this gross fucking thing that this person said, Right. Right, but also not close enough to know if the boss slash friend has good intentions, <laughs> right? Like, anyway, so really face value is what we need to take this at. And I mean, I'm, I get why Evan did what Evan did. And, and I applaud Evan for, because it's hard to stand up to your boss. It just is. But to have called him out um, and to have acknowledged that he obviously did something wrong and that he needed to do some work on his own to make up for that. It would make me feel very uncomfortable in a work environment knowing that that was not only what my boss thought, said, but it's the act of the boss begging, right? Because, you know, we are, we're talk we talk about this all the time. We talk about the, it's all in the media about cancel culture, right? So the boss was terrified probably, that he would lose his job. He or she would lose his job. So I don't know. What are what are your initial takeaways? Would you would you <sighs> tell Evan to quit? I mean, the options Evan have, has said is, do I quit? Do I tell HR? Or do I just trust? Those are the three options. Right. I think it might be too early to take options A or B. I would probably, if they're friends, I love how I asked you and then I just continued to answer this myself. Um, but I would probably, what I would probably do is to continue having conversations with my boss so that I could start to suss out if he was being real or performative, right? To be mm -hmm. like, hey, how are those books going? What did you, what were your takeaways? Like, you know, what are you planning to read next? Have you like connected with any people in the BIPOC community? Like, you know, oh, like, looking around our work environment. Like, what are you going to do about diversity and inclusion? Like, I would keep on pressing um, so that I could have a better understanding of where the work was actually mm -hmm. being done. Yeah. Like you, Sash, I, I wish we had more information about, like, what the boss is like and what that history is because it's mm – -hmm. um, I will say this. I'm not really approaching – I really don't know that we can – Listen, Evan, I don't know that we can tell you if you should quit and, of and all of that. Like, that's, I don't think that that's a come to Jesus moment that we can Jesus for you. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but if what I would recommend is like a difference in perspective um, in terms of how to see this situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of allyship and doing better is and doing the work is like um holding each other accountable totally right like i always always go back to something ava duvernay said last year where she was like listen white people go and do the work and have conversations among yourselves and challenge each other mm -hmm. leave us alone 
We don't need that labor. We are fucking busy doing our shit. Yeah. We're busy either surviving and trying to thrive or whatnot, right? So what that means is that the the rest of us, even other people of color who mm-hmm. who are not black and who are not indigenous, we got to be the – like that's got to be our job now to check and balance each other. Totally. So Evan, the way I see it, I would rather focus this conversation on you mm-hmm. and how much I admire you. It's hard to call out a number one, a friend, and secondly, a friend who is a boss. You are a boss. Yeah, right. Totally. Right? Like, I don't know that a lot of people out there, as well-meaning as we all are, there are different layers of pressure. And would they have been like, yo, fucker, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you better read the fucking book. Here's a stack of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't know if Evan was, like, making this person read the book report, like, write a book report, but it sounds like it because, right. like, Evan somehow has proof that the work was happening. Yeah. And, like, making donations. Like, Evan, uh, if only more of us could be like you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's true. Like, and the idea of, like, having to be like, oh, someone else's blunder means that you have to escape a situation um, no. And I think that's exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? You, we all have to hold each other accountable, right? Yeah. And to challenge that and to call it out every time you see it happen. Like that is the only way things are going to get better. So you're right. Props to Evan for even being that, that like strong in his opinion yeah. and in his rights t- to bring that up. So like Evan, I mean, I'm going back to this this the way that you almost, you like it, at the end or near the end of your message, you said to us, Either way, I'm left here two months later feeling gross. I don't feel gross for you. I admire you. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you say this person begged you not to tell anyone and you conceded. But what you did was you you gave your own conditions to your boss. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. You set conditions. Now… Listen, if there's anybody out there who's listening who disagrees with us and has a different perspective, by all means, share it with us. We might be able to share it like in the first episode of next season, which isn't going to be too long from now. Give us your perspective. But at this, I just want to focus on like, Evan, what you're doing, because I think more of us, like how many people out there have been afraid to call out family members, mm-hmm. uh, friends, neighbors, and you just kind of like, you know, mosey away because it's awkward. And it's uncomfortable. And Evan, you went right into the awkward, right into the uncomfortable with someone in a power imbalance. Like this person is the boss of you. Mm-hmm. And you stood up for what you like disagreed with. I just want to, I just want you hopefully to shift your perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for feeling gross that you quote kept his secret. Listen, I think that um, it's not – I wouldn't look at this as keeping a secret. I would look at it as taking taking the opportunity to help someone educate themselves. Totally. And even if this person was doing the reading because they were obligated to, because they got caught To save their ass. Yeah. To save their ass. I mean, that's still better than not doing the reading. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. But I would I would say that it would be important to, to kind of like degross yourself <laughs> to make sure that it wasn't performative is to have these discussions, right? Like if you are his friend, um why not continue that conversation? That continue that conversation shouldn't end with that one instance. It should continue going on, especially if you guys are working in a work environment whereby you want to make sure everyone feels safe. Like those conversations can continue to happen and should continue to happen. So I guess what I'm saying is change, like, you know, I think that if you sort of look at it in a different way, it's not about you being gross. It's about you got in there and did the work too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, well done you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good mind shift, right? As opposed to being like, oh God, I let someone get away with something. Well, maybe you actually didn't. Maybe you actually made a shift or a change in someone's life. Um, that will benefit well, others. Imagine if there were more people like Evan 
confronting these super fucking awkward conversations. At the fucking front door. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of other racialized people having to do that labor. And then, you know, I, I, it's to me, that's like, um, hopefully there can be more. Hopefully Evan can be that example. Yeah. Like, honestly, Evan fucking. Well, I don't think Evan needs. Okay. We don't need to give Evan like an an Olympic gold medal here. He, he did what he should do. He did what we should all do. Well, the, I, I know, but we don't. <laughs> I know. Like, most of us are fucking pussies. That's true. <laughs> um, I shouldn't say pussies. Most of us are cowards. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes. All right, next question. You can call me Jill. A little background before I jump in. In the spring of 2019, my husband of 18 years surprised me with packed bags. Oh, nice. I was 46. We have two kids. I had to fly with one child in middle school to the U.S. to tell the kids, other kid was going to sports school there, high school, together in a hotel room while he moved out. He had an affair and is now with someone 20 years younger who is his junior at work. Oh, God. Great. Mm -hmm. I was in shock, but I've always been the fixer. And the problem solver and basically go on with life and try and basically got on with life and tried to make everything normal for the kids. I also had a mom whose mantra has always been, why want someone who doesn't want you? And I just went all out with this. Enter Jack. Jack and I went to high school together. Ten years ago, Jack was separated and reached out to me. We chatted. I made it clear that I was married and that's where it ended. When the ex moved out, I reached out to Jack on Instagram and we went for coffee. Two weeks later, we went for wine, blah, blah, blah. We started seeing each other because of kids' schedules, mainly mine. It was basically three to four nights every other week. In February of 2020, we said, I love you. He introduced me to his bestie friend couple. He introduced me to his bestie friend couple and neighbor friends. In the summer, I met his kids because we bumped into them. Throughout this time, he told me that he hadn't had a previous relationship longer than a few months because the women wanted to meet his kids and it was too early. His ex lives a block away. They share a car. They have keys to each other's houses. They have birthdays together, Sunday night dinners. They went on vacation together with the kids the year before Jack and I met and their families and holidays are intertwined. In the summer of 2020, I asked him if there was room in his life for me after he spent the weekend when he was with me picking up his ex's $1,500 bike, birthday present, talking to his friends about it and her, etc. For my birthday a month prior, he bought me a very nice kitchen knife. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Got some fucking high and low right there, but okay. It was nice, but hardly romantic. He said yes, he did have room. In the fall of 2020, he still hadn't told his family about me, still a random friend with his kids, and I only knew three friends. We broke up. He said he couldn't give me what I wanted and I deserved more. He also told me he didn't know why he needed his life so separate, that he didn't, that he hadn't planned on meeting anyone until his kids moved out and that he should go to therapy. Three days later and we get back together and a few months after that, he told his dad he was seeing someone. I found out in February that he wasn't yet divorced. I was under the impression he was. I was upset and told him I was tired of being a mistress that he had a wife that helped with the kids and someone he could have fun and sex with. Two days later, he told me that he, to- that he called a lawyer to start the divorce process. Fast forward, we've now met each other's kids. He's almost divorced. He runs over when I'm sick. He tells me he's only loved three women, first girlfriend, his ex, and me. He's changed some things, and when I've been in quarantine, has done everything he can do to help. In short, everything a good boyfriend should do, but I still feel like he's kept me in my swim lane and separate from his real life. I'm not jealous of the ex or his kids and have done everything to enable him to spend time with them. I just want to be a part of his real life. We mainly spend time at my house, more since April than ever before. He said it was because of my dog and it was easier for me. 
I was feeling like he was hiding me and he finally admitted that it was because his 15-year-old had walked in the house one morning to pick something up uh, while I was there. They didn't see me, but my shoes and jacket were there. Jack was so upset, said his son was upset. When the son left, Jack clearly was agitated and he could barely look at me. And so I jumped up and left as quickly as I could. Three weeks ago, he came over for a work Zoom social thing. Family could join. My kids were at their dad's. He dressed up and wanted to be on camera and met all my colleagues. 30 minutes after the official portion was done, he wanted to sleep at home and left. I was kind of upset and told him, not a big deal. He wanted to sleep at home, but I could have done the post-Zoom drinks with my friends and didn't. I told him I just wished I had known instead of telling me last minute so I could have arranged accordingly. I'd also totally dressed up and it sure as hell wasn't for my colleagues. He got upset and said he should be able to sleep and left. We talked the next day and had a lovely weekend. On Sunday, he was supposed to help me hang pictures but wanted to go for a run close to his house and the day was getting on, so he left and did that. Oh, so we left and did that. Then his son called and wanted to play tennis, so our day got cut early. I got home and cried. I called him later in the evening and said, look, I don't want to move in with you. Five teenagers between us, two exes. Maybe we just need to be at peace that the situation is complicated, but I want a partner. I want to know that we are leading to a partnership and not separate lives. I told him I wanted to be able to hypothetically plan a vacation a year from now and asked if he even knew that he wanted to be with me in a year. He said when we have a good time, he did, but when we had conversations like the one we were having, he didn't. I said, well, I guess that's that, and I had my answer. He said the relationship wasn't working. I asked him not to reach out or try to be my friend unless he changed his mind. I haven't heard from him. He's a nice guy, loved me in a way that was perfect for me, told me he hadn't experienced love like this, that he knew I would be great with his kids, etc. It's been three weeks and I need someone to tell me I'm not crazy for wanting more. I still don't understand why it didn't work and I'm tired of feeling disposable. Thank you, Jill. Loved me like, sorry, what was that line? Loved me like, what? Loved me like, hang on, um, loved, loved me in a way that was perfect for me. No, it wasn't. Well, I, Jill? I, Jill, I don't know. That's, no, Jill, it wasn't. using me and contradicting yourself. So I, I, but if Jill just wants to hear what she needs to hear. Okay. Well, she wants to hear what she wants to hear. What does she need to hear? How about that? Well, well Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the last episode of What's Your Drama, where we're going to go really in on this. Because that, I mean, thank you for all the backstory. That is helpful. Um, but like, I mean, he's pretty much laid out the parameters from the get what he wants. His priority is his children, which is actually a very nice thing to hear. But he has a limited space for her. And uh, no matter what happens, his kids will trump that. Unfortunately, he hasn't figured out that balance. I guess he went to therapy, but not therapy enough to realize that you can incorporate all of that in your life. He's not willing to. And what fucking stinks like rotten ass shit is when he's like, oh, I like it when it's good. But when these conversations get tough, like peace out, I'm out. What kind of perfect love is that? That's a like that's fucking garbage in my world. Like you you can only Jill can only bring the best of herself for him to like enjoy it outside of that. If she brings up how she's feeling, that she's feeling left out, that she's like, you know, as she said, like in the swimmer lane, I don't know what she said. It was seemingly was more profound when she said it um, is, is shit to me. You're not getting, you're not in a perfect relationship. If the only part of the relationship that succeeds is the good part. Right. And yet I, I, I hear you when you say that like, he doesn't get to peace out when, things are tough. But the thing is, they only ever fight about one thing. The children. No, like the separate, you know, what their big hurdle, they, you know, there's a big hurdle in every relationship. Yeah. More their than big one hurdle. hurdle. is <laughs> yeah. Jill. Jill wants full integration. Right. She wants and to he, be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he hasn't, that's not on his timeline. No, that's problematic. That's the only thing they fight about. <laughs> yes. So he's pieced out because the thing that they fight about can't be resolved. So 100%. I don't want to hold it against him that he pieced out over the thing they can't resolve because, like, they can't resolve it. Right. But don't you think he's doing a little bit of dirty work by being like, I love you. Um, I'm going to, like, like, 
to say someone that you're like in love with and then you only want to have a half-assed relationship with them is confusing. I don't think in any I, oh, anyway, you should remind me because you read the the letter. Does he ever spell out like I cannot give you what you want? No, it's only when when something like this arises, he's unwilling to have that conversation. Right? Because I mean, I can see it, but Jill's still well, like, what? Sessions. She's met the dad. Right. She's met. No, you know, he, he told the dad. He told that he's seen someone. And like, yeah. They, you know, they have progressed from like when they first met. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's your point? I've just, progression. I just feel like they're both coming at it from a different place. Like his idea of what like a meaningful relationship right now is for her to kind of still be second best. Right. And that's, and if he has, he hasn't verbally explained that to her though. And I think that's why Jill is left confused is because she's like, okay, well, we're in a relationship. So I'm going to have these conversations with you. What irks me? Every time she brings up what irks me, they either break up. Well, no, not either. They break up. That's, yeah. that's shit. No, I think it's and because I think what it comes down to is that this issue is unresolvable. Okay. They like – and I think what's unresolvable is what looks like a serious relationship to, to, and how each person in this relationship defines it. Mm -hmm. So for Jill, the kind of relationship that is serious that Jill wants is total integration. Mm -hmm. The kind of serious relationship that he wants is like… Partial integration. <laughs> no, I, I disagree. Okay. I, like is… Is being in love, he's told her he loves her, that they're happy together, but like having their life and then his like children is separate from her. And frankly, a lot of people, especially who are in relationships after a marriage, mm -hmm. there are many people who maintain separate residences. They're in serious relationships. They are in committed monogamous relationships, but because they're a little bit older now, they had a home before they met this person. Neither one wants to get rid of that property. So they maintain separate households. They spend different weekends at whatever. I know several couples like this mm. and nothing is full, like, like, so they're not fully integrating the residents. They're yeah. not fully integrating. Which Jill is okay with. Of, pardon me? Jill says that she doesn't want to move in with him. Yeah. So, I get what you're I mean, saying. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying. I get what you're saying. And it actually, you're right. Like that can be absolutely functional if both people mm -hmm. agree. But I would yeah. like to say that Jill also has kids of her own that are probably the same age and she's able to also integrate. She wants to integrate and she's making yes. the time to integrate. So I get it. And I know what you're saying. But if I was Jill, I would sort of be like, Jack, I'm pretty sure you could integrate me a little bit more. Like, I think you're being very generous to Jack. And I think uh, a lot of people will agree with you um, because they are either in a relationship like that or have been in a relationship like that. But I kind of still think that's a little bit whack because. Well, I think it's a bit whack because he's expressed that he loves her and he knows that that's how she feels. Like she clearly wants more, like something yeah, more. What, what his kid feels. The kid saw a coat, not even a person. The kid saw a coat and, and it was 15 and got upset. Like, if I'm Jack, I'm like, okay, I love Jill. How can but... you have, how can you love someone and not speak their existence? That to me would be offensive. Like, fine, we live separately. You, your kids obviously take priority, but I'm that invisible that you can't even tell your kids. That's, I don't know. It's been long enough. It's, we're now, what, a year into this? Yeah, like, I, I understand where Jill's speaking, coming from. But I'm pretty sure that, like, there's, it's one thing to speak existence. It's another, like, I think Jill wants the full meal deal. Okay. And I just don't think this dude is either interested in the full meal deal. He's not. On her, uh, on her terms and from her yeah. perspective. Yeah. And has a different full meal deal, like, definition. Right. And... Um, and it's not the same. Like, and that's why, like, love is not enough. Like, mm. duh. Yeah, you're I mean, right. we're going yeah. back to basics here. <laughs> but that's what we, we tell everybody. Like, just because you love someone, it's not enough. Are your values aligned? Mm -hmm. are, like, are your dreams aligned? Or at least your goals? Like, 
you know, it's very basic when two people meet. What if you love each other? One wants kids and one doesn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's the most basic one, right? And right. then p- two people break up. Like, is one supposed to fucking concede? I love you. Well, if you really love me, you'd want to have kids. Well, fuck, right. I, should I? <laughs> you're right, right, you're right, yeah. And so here, it's the same thing. Well, do you love me or not? I do love you. Well, if you love me, then you have to integrate me in completely into your life, and I have to meet your kids, and Thanksgivings and Christmases all together. And that might not be his deal. Sure, but I feel like that's a fair ask. Like... Uh, let me at least exist in your world. Let me Over let let time. the people. Okay, but it's been a year or more, okay, actually. Sash, like okay, I mean, fine. It's let me been rewind a that. A year of turmoil. So amidst all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting divorced. So mm-hmm. people, there's been a pandemic. There's been all kinds of crisis. So to me, a year isn't a very long time. You know that like the government of Canada insists More that than couples, married couples be separated for a year. Yeah. So we're dealing with something. It's still pretty fucking fresh. Okay, like, but Jack and her about a hit. year. First a 15 off. 15-year-olds, a year relationship, fine, is an eternity. For grown-ass people in their 40s, a year is not that long. Jack and her have history. They obviously like jumped into this thinking that it could be something. So wait. I give you like, check, check, check all the things that you've said, but, and I, I, it's not that I want to like keep on throwing Jack under the bus here, but he hasn't been honest from the get. Like he didn't even tell her that he was not fully divorced. So for me, I'm just like, uh, Jack's not the one. So no matter what, Lainey, we can agree on that. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't matter how or what or why they're not right for each other. No. And so that's, and like Jill's left here blindsided and is like, what? What happened? Well, he's not ready to be in the relationship that you want. And if you want like a full meal deal relationship, then you're going to have to find it elsewhere because this dude is not ready to give that kind of relationship love to you, period. Yeah. I I think that that is bottom line. Like Jill, you know, you asked us to tell you what you needed to hear or wanted to hear. And in a very long roundabout way, what we've done is confirm for you that this is not the right person for you because Mm -hmm. you want different things, period. Yes. Yes. Yes, he loved you. Love is not enough. But also take back Jill. He gave me all the love that I needed or the love that I want. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Stop, like, stop pretending like that was joyful, what you've had, because you've been begging to be... Uh, seen and he does not want you to be seen in the way that you want to be seen or he's not ready or whatever like you're in different places in your life and you want different and it ain't happening no it's not happening so jill uh it's been three weeks and i know it's still hard but you've been through worse um and (laughs) that's the consolation prize (laughs) Um, he said what he said he said what he said Right, which was, yeah. And, but like, also we need to like, because Jill is like swaying a little bit, right? Jill is like waffling, like, you know, she wants him back. called her. And so we need to be tough on Jill right now. This is not right, Jill. No. Um, And your broken heart will mend and you will find somebody else who wants the things that you want. Yeah, totally. It's not the guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair. Jill, good luck. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If um, that was, not I would just what like to say, want. Jill, I was yeah. more on your side. Lainey took Jacks. Sorry, I didn't take Jacks. Yeah, like, you kind of did. People want different things. Yeah, but I still think Jack was a little bit like a bit of a tool. So I just want to let I want to let Jill know that I still think that Jack like played her and played with her heart a bit. Okay, go on. Okay, Pat. well, mm-hmm. fine. Um. Okay, next question, and the last question of the season. I am a divorced 50-year-old woman. I think that I have it all going on. Good for you. (laughs) Good-looking, smart, athletic, funny, good job, etc. I would rate myself (laughs) 8.5 or 9 out of 10. Is that too obnoxious to say? No, not at all. I have gone through the divorce ringer and made it out the other side. I've been dating about four years. It's a whole different world out there, both good and bad. Last fall, I met a guy on a dating site. Over two to three months, we went out for some walks, coffee, lunch, etc. We got on very nicely. He's easy to talk to, although not much physical action looking back on it. I don't know why it wasn't physical. Maybe just COVID worries. 
As Christmas and New Year's approached, he was pressuring me to make holiday plans. I have teenage daughters that I split with my ex and was looking forward to having a quiet holiday without the pressure of being social, plus needing a break in general. He separated about one and a half years with older kids who were out of the house, and with COVID, he was very much on his own over the holidays. He kept pressuring me about the holidays, and I couldn't commit to making plans, and I told him I wasn't feeling excited about getting together like I would want to be, and let's be friends, blah, blah. Fast forward. See, here's the same situation, just in the reverse. The dude wanted more, and the woman was like, I just want to chill. You haven't even finished uh, the goddamn letter. Okay, fast forward to February, March. I was back on a dating site. He sent me a like. I sent him a text to say, hi, thanks for the like. I should note that as I write this, it feels so grade school. Good Lord. <laughs> I love this, because no matter how old we are, this shit always comes back totally. to the same shit. <laughs> totally. Okay. Totally. We would text daily and get together, dinner, coffee, good conversations, and slept together two, two to three times a week. I thought that was all good. After about four weeks of sleeping together, on a Friday night, we had dinner, slept together, but I didn't stay over. Then Saturday, we were texting, and I asked him what was up for the weekend, So, which, uh, to which he said yard work, visiting his mom, dinner with a friend. At first, I didn't think too much about dinner with a friend, but then it occurred to me that this is COVID. What friend, huh? I stopped in for coffee on Sunday, not unusual, and asked about his evening. He was evasive about the dinner details, saying that it was a friend and a girl friend. And then he flipped the tables and said, don't I have any guy friends? In the moment, I froze. I could not get my mind to work or figure out how to navigate the conversation. The best I could manage to say was that he wasn't answering the question that I wasn't asking. The question didn't get resolved. The convo changed topic, and I left shortly. It was still bothering me the next day, so I brought it up again. Again, he responded with the friend explanation and don't I have guy friends. I was better prepared and said yes, but it's a pandemic, and if I was having dinner with my friend Bob, would simply say so and add that Bob and I are friends from work or whatever the case may be and pointed out that he wasn't saying that. He didn't have a good response to that. Then I said that it sounded like he was on a date. He then asked me to define date, to which I explained that I have a very broad definition of dates. Walking dates, coffee dates, (laughs) dinner dates. I love this email. Yes. (laughs) He said that I'm the only person he's sleeping with. No good was coming from that train of conversation, and I shifted gears. I stated my position that it really doesn't feel good that we slept together on Friday, and then he had a dinner date on Saturday. I appreciate that we hadn't had any relationship conversation, but that doesn't work for me. He said that he didn't feel ready to make that commitment to me, and he wasn't emotionally ready. He said the word commitment a number of times, and I still don't know what he meant by commitment. I think that's about basic, I think that it is about basic integrity, respect, and common decency, which I didn't say out loud in the moment. I explained that before sleeping together, it's pretty much fair game to be dating multiple people, but I wasn't comfortable with that now that we had evolved the relationship. He suggested that we continue hanging out, get to know each other, and not sleep together. I thought about it and decided that this suggestion was only going to trigger my insecurities and not going to work out well for me. Also, I asked my vagina to quote you back to you, your vagina never lies, and she said, screw him. I told him that it was best that we continue our separate paths, blah, blah, blah. I was 50% pissed about the date, and the other 50% was that he was shifty in his response, red flag or just a guy. And back to the online dating sites I go. Was I being unreasonable in my expectation? Do I just need to toughen up? How do I avoid being in this situation again? Signed, looking for love, Lorelai. Okay, Lorelai. I kind of am like, Lorelai, why are you writing in? I feel like Lorelai played you that perfectly. This. And Lorelai's yeah. back on the on the dating apps. And like, really, we could wrap that up with a bow. Like, is she? does she just need us to co-sign everything she did? Because I think that was great. She pressed, she pressed, she pressed. He gave her, like, she pressed many times to be like, who's this friend? Who's this friend? Who's this friend? What do you mean commitment? What do you mean commitment? What do you mean commitment? And he basically just said, I'm not ready to commit to you. I'd like to date other people. And Lorelei was like, peace. No, then that's not what I want. Congrats. Like, that's what I want to say to her. Congratulations. Yeah. I, you know, if there's one thing, like, I didn't, you know, Lorelai laid this out, and um, I don't know that we got super detailed on, like, what kind of conversations Lorelai and this dude were having before this weird date that he had mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, but I would say that, like, 
what you take away from this, Lorelai, because as you said, dating and is weird out there. Like no matter what yeah. age, whoever you are, totally. always has been, probably getting weirder. Um like maybe this is a lesson to lay out communication more clearly, expectations more clearly, right? Well, I think, well, that's what I think we realized from that last question is there are many different takes to what a commitment means and looks like, right? And this guy was happy to sleep with her and date her. Um, and in his definition, it meant he could still date other women, in Lorelai's definition, it means mm, you got to tell me what you're doing if we're sleeping together, right? Like there are rules and regs that everybody abides by and feels comfortable with. And so I'm actually, I think that she um, learned a lesson here that she can take with her moving forward in her dating life is to kind of like lay that shit out. Um, and she was being quite fair, you know, she's like, yeah, like see other people if you want to, but like then I can't give you all of me and sleep with you and all that sort of stuff. Right. Like she, she, she found um, the error and corrected it and moved on. So I kind of, I'm like, I kind of give her props. Yeah, me too. Laura, I, 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 again, like, I mean, I go back to the beginning of your email where you're like, I'm this, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm perfect. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a perfect person. Go find that perfect partner then. You're good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even, Whatever the case was, like, you were getting weird vibes, right? Yeah. And you really followed your instincts and you didn't doubt yourself and you, like, you followed through. Yeah. And the guy who's, like, asking a question with a question is fucking annoying. Like. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm glad that she knew that he was shifty because his answers were shifty. He was being shifty. He yeah. probably is shifty. Especially this stage in life. Like I get it with like 20 year olds play that game because like, listen, you're con you're at that stage in your life when you're just feeling out your relationship style and you're going to go through your dick phase. You're going to go through your insecure mm. phase. You're mm -hmm. going to go through whatever phase you're going to like get a lot of that where someone responds with uh, like your question with a question. That's just, listen, that's just youth and experience. But like at now, Yes, of course now. There's people. Still? Yes. Oh. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. So Lorelai, he kind of did you a favor by showing you early on, like. Oh, yeah. Big time. You know, what a fucking loser he is. And also to go, you know, your pussy told you the truth. Yeah. That is your gut. <laughs> yeah. That is the new gut. Your meat mound yeah. told you what to do. Yes. She was like. No, we're not going to miss this guy. Yeah. No, no. Let's this go ain't get a thing. some better. Yeah. It's summer, Lorelai. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is the time. And you're probably double vaxxed like many people are. So now you can go out into the real world and actually have some proper dates. And also just see what else is out there. Yes. You're like, as, as you told us, you're hot. You're smart. You have a great job. Um, and clearly opportunity isn't lacking for you if you're on these dating apps and you are like, okay, you're meeting some duds, but all you need is one. Like, listen, you're, it's, it, you're, it's happening for you. Yeah. People I'm glad are that swiping right or left, whatever it is that is like match. Yeah. I like that. She has like some good gusto and courage, right? She's like, all right, well back on the dating apps. That's great. That's a great attitude to have. Yes. Let your pussy have this summer, Lorelai. Yeah. Maybe that's what your pussy is saying. Like, why are you fucking trying to tie me down when the, the world is opening, is opening back up? Girl. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Girl, listen to her. Listen yeah. to her and enjoy the next. I would even say, like, you know, my motto for the next year is make it rain because we have all been holding back. And so now that things are opening up, do the things. Do all the things. Even if the things are dicks, do the dicks. Do the dicks. Do the dicks. Do the vaginas. This make, leads me to when we're coming back, do you think we're going to be in person doing this podcast? Because I'm very happy not being in person. Love you. Oh. But like this works, doesn't it? Remember in the very beginning, like this is what's so cool about ending at this time because we started this season in lockdown and like not even realizing that we could do this virtually. And it was scary at first because I didn't think that we would be able to do this and have like a back and forth. Um, and I feel like we, we succeeded. Don't you think? 
I, I know you don't ever like for the sound technician. Well, no, but just I'm again, I'm not even seeing if we'll do this, but I just think that we did a good job. Like Yasik did a good yeah. job. You and I did a good job. You and Joanna did a good job. Like we were able to see through this pandemic. I hope that this yeah, is when Sasha, we come back. You need to leave your home. Like I might, I might actually just make you come over here to do the podcast so that I ensure that you actually leave your home. See humans. I know. Slowly. Like, Sasha, I, You're worried you know, about me. You should be. Yeah. I, yeah. So <laughs> maybe it can listen techno technologically, but Sasha, I, I, I just don't think it's good for you to, to basically say, oh, look, I actually don't have to leave my house <laughs> to do all the things. This is not, that's not good, Sash. Listen, I'll see you this weekend in human form. Okay. And I'll go to a grocery store. Right. Small boutique well, grocery store. Let me I'm baby just, step into the world. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah, think about that. Think well, on that. We, I have a summer, and then we'll see you how September rolls out. All Maybe right. I'll be in your house. Have a really great summer, everybody. Yes. And if you are in the position to make it horny. Um, but also then send those horny questions because again, <laughs> yes, uh, we, have a really uh, horny summer with lots of drama. So, and then, and then give us the questions. Fuel us, give us life for September, please. Right. Also let us know about your meaty mounds. If you have a yes. meaty mound or if you have a muscular mound, we want to know if you can we make need to it know. muscular. Yes. Um, so, so keep your questions coming. Note, keep your questions coming to me at Sasha at Laney gossip.com. Subscribe to us and check back, catch up on uh, previous episodes because we've got a huge library. So if you're missing us, you can go back and listen to our old episodes. But we'll be back with new episodes before you know it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.